regular day in the life of trying to record shows without technical difficulties but here we are we're in a fantastic mood uh this evening or morning where whenever you're listening uh wherever country you're listening from whether you're listening from the sunny wait no it's winter so is that the the cold but in winter in australia does it even get cold in winter it gets cooler, but it's not okay. su- it's not super bad. It's it, it is temperate, but it also depends on where you are too. I know I know some some inland places in in Victoria do do get chilly, but compared to maybe your beloved Idaho or maybe even my <laughs> Iowa, it's it's probably pretty temperate compared to most. So you know, we just got a snowstorm in May, which is just about summer. Um, I don't really think they do that a whole lot in uh, in Australia. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Sorry we couldn't be live, but at least we're going. Um, we got this now. You're stuck with us now, whether you want to or not, because we got another round of footy to break down. And would we really be breaking down around the footy if we weren't just continually bringing up some polarizing issues, either among the Twitter base, the media? Shout Victoria, you guys are certainly a special breed. And or also, well, yeah, that um that uh new was it um a newspaper or a news station that we're going to talk about in terms of Dusty Martin and Sydney uh conversations, they're definitely not exactly <laughs> the most um trusted source. So uh we're gonna take some news with a mountain of salt to um today, and it's going to be a lot of fun. What we got, I mean, the old Frio. Are they back? Unfortunately, they might be. Um, the current hottest team in the league is actually going to surprise you who it is. And, I mean, probably, maybe. We'll see. And uh, there's some teams with some worries. Like I said, Dusty, Martin, Sydney news. Following up on some more grand final news because, of course, is it really a footy talk show if you don't bring up Twilight Grand Final? Um, and there's some teams that just kind of feel meh right now. Um, so we're going to debate on who that is, uh, plus our tips and, of course, the best team of the round. But, of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the best in the business, Coach Donnie Hess. Coach, how are we feeling after this most recent round of footy? Oh, very interesting round of footy, especially when it comes to just the unpredictability. Again, some some yeah, some, some shocking hard. some some shocking results that I have to admit, and one hundred percent see see all of them, but a couple of them I definitely could could see on the horizon, especially the St. Kilda over Geelong. That was definitely one I, I could see mm-hmm. happening, but just. The round results were, were quite interesting to me just because yeah. you get a little bit of you got a little bit of everything. You, you had some good games, you had some absolutely atrociously ugly games. Yeah, West you Coast again. Story. <laughs> uh you, you got you got some historic, you got some historic wins, you got you got some end of an eras, a little bit of everything, just a, a menagerie of a fun footy this weekend. So, right, so the Giants giving uh, to talk about. Giants giving like <laughs> the perfect send-off. <laughs> it, 
Oh, oh. the giant send off, literally. Oh. No, it's <laughs> a giant flop of a send off, but it'd be like that sometimes. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, if you haven't caught us before, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube. We're on Rumble. Typically, we're on Twitch. Um, we live stream on Twitch, live stream on YouTube as well. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can catch us over at thefourthandlong.com. Make sure to hit us up on our social media pages as well, Twitter and Instagram, at fourthandlong, uh, at fourthandlong media. And, of course, Coach Dunn, you can catch him at Coach Hess 40 But kick us off for this one. Of course, what other way to go into things than to be the best kind of person that you see anywhere in any sports fandom, and that is the one that makes crazy ass nine assumptions off of very little to go off of. Of course, you know by that, it's time to overreact to round nine of the AFL season. Of course, for those that don't know how this works, I got three statements I'm going to throw at Coach Donnie here, and it's up to him to determine whether it's an overreaction or if there's actually some truth to it. And, of course, you guys more than welcome to sound off um, in the comments or hands up on our socials. Um, just share your thoughts because I know you're going to have some. Um, but starting us off, statement number one for this week, that is that the old Fremantle Dockers are back. And this is on their performance of some not-so-great goal kicking, to say the least, kicking 4-9 and nine against the Suns, looking awfully similar to uh where they were at the last year or two all right this is one of those that if, if you just look at the scoreboard if you just look at the if this the the stat sheet yes you would think this is a complete uh complete accurate statement that the old Fremantle is back the Fremantle that goes on the road can't win but can win at home no uh, this is an overreaction and here here's the reason why a there was a downpour at least two or three times during this. I watched this entire game. I had to watch this game because well, I thought this was like be going out there, dude. Well, well, this was this was going to be a very fun one because again, you're in you're you're in, you're in Queensland. Queensland is still in a little bit of the tropics, so you're still going to get humid weather. So the ball's going to be slick. So it's not as easy to control. And another reason I think this is this isn't old Frio is because I think the Gold Coast Suns are legitimately maybe starting to find that mojo that I think we've always wondered when it's going to come. So I don't really put this down to bad Frio. I put this down to Frio getting tested for really, in a way, I don't think they expected. And and then you add, like I said, you add the crappy weather, raining, um, dewy, it was, it was slick. The footy was definitely there. And then a lot of heat. I mean, both teams were tackling, like both teams had a over 200 pressure in the first quarter, which is, that is, that is insane pressure. That is, you get it, you got to get rid of it or you're getting tackled. Like that's literally how crazy this game was, especially. Well, that happens on the side of, on Frio's side, if you want going to tackling, they were tackling machines with uh, Caleb uh, and Andrew Brayshaw uh, with 24 combined between the two, um, mm-hmm. two of the top five tackle leaders for this game. So it's definitely a defensive game of footy. Yeah, definitely. Well, and then again, like I said, the weather conditions did, were, were conducive too, and and just Gold Coast took their shots. Marbio Chol kicks four goals, which which is an incredible performance from the t- former Tigers Ruckman, who I think has found himself a nice little niche up in the Gold Coast. So I I'm, I hate putting this all on Freeman on on the Fremantle Dockers. I think that there was a lot of expectations when they kind of went on their run a little bit and this kind of brought them down to earth a little bit and i think justin longmuir will will he'll take a few things from this he'll make some adjustments again 
Optus Stadium is still a fortress. It is difficult to win out there. So I, if I'm a Fremantle Dockers fan, as frustrating as this is to not win a game that I think a lot of people were kind of downlooking Gold Coast a little bit. They were looking at free at Gold Coast being an easy an easy four points, and it, it it's I don't think that's the case this year. I, I think Gold Coast is not in the West Coast in the Essendon and the North Melbourne category right now, where it's a guaranteed four points. It's not. Mm-hmm. Gold Coast is going to test you. They are going to push you, and if you don't have your best game, aka the Swans, aka Fremantle, you're going to get beat. So. I don't think this is old Fremantle back. I, I'm, I'm going to hang a little bit more of the medal on Gold Coast a little bit this week because I think, honestly, Gold Coast is maybe starting to change a few minds on can Gold Coast make the finals because they're they're still in striking distance. So keep an eye on those pesky Gold Coast Suns. You know, I really like where uh, you took that one. And I just got to say, both you and I, Maybe me a little bit more, but now I'm going to give you plenty of credit. We've both been fairly high on the Suns, or at least higher than the general consensus is is what it feels like um, mm-hmm. since going back to last year. So when the Suns finally make the finals within the next three seasons, I'm glad that <laughs> we are going to be ahead of the train. I'm not holding you to three seasons um, statement. I'm holding myself to three to three seasons. It's going to happen. Um, you can make that and mark that as a Ross, one of Ross's guarantees. That is, you know, <laughs> go ahead, bet the house. Um, also, uh, fourth long media does not condone any sorts of betting of houses or any other matters. Um, so only take gamble responsibly. Um, <laughs> only gamble responsibly if um, my money is on the line. If not, you know, have fun. Wait, no, wait. Can we not say that? <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I, but Gold Coast, it really deserves to have some more respect to put on their name. And I guess for Frio, this is a bit of a gut check. It's a gut check. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad loss. It's not a loss you, you know you really expect to take and want to take. But almost like what we were talking with Melbourne um, last uh, week is that a loss like this, it might actually help them um, in the future. It might actually help them play to maybe their potential and not to take any uh, anyone easy, even if it's West Coast. Um, so <laughs> even them don't want to do that, uh, but they, they're also really bad. Um, statement number two, and um, this is kind of going back to some of the other things you said last round, almost hitting at it, um, and that is that the Port Adelaide Power are the hottest team in the league uh well if, if you if you look at their form ladder other than other than west other than melbourne mm-hmm. they are they are other than melbourne we're straight this this, this is this four is straight. the only other team and the last four that have won all four games wait so, so can we have we come full circle with with the um with the the hinkley picture with the the oh the oh four <laughs> Wait, though, for can we can we use that in the positive sense for them now? <laughs> we, we could we could maybe I don't know. It, it it is one of those where, and and I saw somebody point this out is is the fact that unfortunately Port Adelaide Port Adelaide's four wins have not exactly been against the most different the most difficult teams in the world over the last four weeks. I mean, we we look at it here just just going off of the results. Yes, they face the Western Bulldogs, who I think I think is a team that it's very very interesting. But you've got mm-hmm. North Melbourne, the St Kilda Saints, in what many people would say is kind of an equalizing cans, and the West Coast Eagles. They that's got the Seventeens, the Six, the Eighteen, and then the Doggies, who are just one percent 
not even a full percentage point. They are 0.5 percentage points ahead of Port Adelaide on the ladder right now. Exactly. So that's their four. So you you could some would even argue that maybe this is this is a four that it's two guaranteed wins, an iffy scrappy win that you win against a, a St Kilda team that I think was not ready for the the environment that they mm-hmm. were going to go into, and then a West a Western Bulldogs team that I mean at the time was definitely injured was definitely banged up and was just not playing very good football. So I'm one of those, I I almost want this statement to go another week because Mm -hmm. I want to see how they handle this week because this week they get Geelong at the Cattery down at GMHBA down at Geelong. If Port goes down to Geelong and gets a big win and gets the four points there, then it's hard not to argue that this is not the hottest team in all in all of the AFL, even more than Melbourne, because Melbourne has been unconvincing, even against some of the lower teams. Sixteen so it's hard straight not to wins argue. for them, right? Exactly. Yeah. But then again, no, they still they still really haven't played the cream of, until St Kilda this week. They hadn't exactly played the the creme de la creme of the league. So I'm 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 gonna say right now it's not a real reaction because again they're the second the mm-hmm. second best winning percentage in the last four weeks behind the Melbourne Demons who are five and up, especially since Frio lost this week. But I I don't know I I hate jumping to this again because again I look at I look at West Coast and I look at North Melbourne that's yep. pretty much two guaranteed wins and, and the St Kilda the St Kilda win was one of those it was a scrappy win in in, in ugly an environment but still a good you, you one though. But you found a way to win that game, yeah. especially, especially, and then a doggies team that I think, when they get that, when they get their right guys back, I think are going to be clawing at the finals. So for sure. So, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now it's not an overreaction, and it's definitely not an overreaction if they find a way to win this mm-hmm. round against the John Cats. I like that. I mean, if you, like take a look at the form, essentially they have two games that they should have won and two games that were competitive and you know once they had to battle for. Uh, when you take a look at, you know, um, Melbourne's last few stretch of games there, let's see how many games that they, I, I guess, had to battle for, if you want to really put it that way. Um, last round, of course, it was the West Coast Eagles. So, no, <laughs> uh, it's probably it's probably harder to go up against a tackling dummy than is West Coast right now. They beat St. Kilda, which if we're going to give Port Adelaide credit, we'll give Melbourne credit. That was a good win. They beat Hawthorne. I'll count that as a good win. They beat Richmond. I'll count that as a good win. See, see, but here, the Hawthorne I'm, was the injured one, though. Well, here, here's kind of here's kind of my argument as I look at it is that is that you go off the doggies. The doggies were relatively full strength. Their mm-hmm. first game of the season. But after that, you play a Gold Coast team at the time that was not playing that good of footy. I mean, they definitely did not play well. An Essendon team that, as we can tell now, has been absolute, absolute dumpster fire not since good. and around then. At the time they played Port Adelaide in round three, Port Adelaide was 0-2, not playing well. A GWS team, kind of the same way, weren't, <laughs> weren't playing well. Richmond, at the time that Melbourne play them, weren't playing well. So again, Melbourne right now has not played until they played St. Kilda last round. They really have not played any teams no. that are playing well at the time that they played them. Again, is this cherry picking facts a little bit? Maybe. Is this splitting hairs when it comes to a really good team? Yes. But I, I look at it this it is is here's here's the thing that I really want to see it, and I think it's going to be more of a gauge on Fremantle than this last game against Gold Coast, and that's round eleven. This round round ten. They get North Melbourne Frio. again. 
I think Melbourne can have their eyes closed and win this game. Again, all due respect, North Melbourne fans, I'm sorry, but that's how good Melbourne is. They could probably play with their eyes closed and still probably win the game. Fremantle, Sydney, Collingwood, Brisbane are their next four after this round. That's going to be their testers. That's going to be where we see the medal of this team. Does Melbourne step up and show why they're the cream of this league, or do they regret or do they fall back to the pack? And we now start seeing some parity the rest of the, the rest of the way this league goes. I don't know. Honestly, question. if Melbourne plays the way I think they can, this is where they prove they where they are the absolute best in this entire competition. But you just never know. That's, I think that's literally that stretch, the way this goes. Brisbane is one that like really would worry me as a Melbourne fan, or at least worry me the most. Sydney and Frio after recent tests. Those look like way more winnable games than they were maybe a couple rounds ago. Still huge test, so. But Brisbane's really the only team that hasn't fallen off out of those out of those clubs. Um, Brisbane's had its moments, and I look at it like this: is that don't again don't don't knock Fremantle as much because again I think Gold Coast is better. Mm-hmm. Gold Coast is playing. Fremantle played a better Gold Coast team than Melbourne did. So oh, I kind of I, I kind of yeah. don't want to downgrade Fremantle too much. I think Fremantle's still a finals team. I think Fremantle can still be a top four team. I just think they had a bad they had a bad day and some crappy weather, and they just didn't handle it as well as I think they probably should. Sydney's another one. I look at it like this: if Sydney plays the the quick, really precise ball movement game, I think they could give Melbourne some some headaches Mm. the issue will then be is can sydney stop the contested game in the middle and can peter laddams and tom hickey at least neutralize jackson and gone to the point where it's basically a battle of who's more accurate kicking the goals like i think i'm really excited as a sydney supporter i'm really excited because that is going to be a test for a young swans team that has looked inconsistent a lot this year Mm -hmm. but it could also be it really could be a game that if, if Sydney is on, if they're kicking accurately, they can give Melbourne trouble because they don't just have one target and they can manipulate the defense enough, especially if Buddy is playing as good as he did against Essendon, where he's picking off targets everywhere. Again, it's Essendon, which is the other response. Essendon <laughs> wasn't exactly defensively sound in this game. But if they're hitting their kicks, they could they could give Melbourne some trouble. Yeah, am I going to sit here and say Melbourne's going to lose that game? No, because until Melbourne loses, it's hard to tip against them. But exactly, I, I like I said that four game stretch there in Collingwood, they've fallen off a bit. I think they're kind of coming back to where I think a lot of people like saw them at. But that's still a tough test after two tough games with Fremantle and Sydney then having to play Collingwood, and then having to play Brisbane. And the crazy part about all four of these games, if you look at it, they're all at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. So Melbourne doesn't have to do any travel in any of these games. That's ridiculous. And for Jeff, I'm not playing any favorites with, with Melbourne, are they? Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, might have to have a word with those schedule makers to see what you guys are doing there. But nah, they, they've, they've kind of two on, two off, two on, two off, because both these, both these two games, both these last two games were at Opta Stadium, and this week will be at Marvel, so it'll technically be the road team. So it, it, it it's kind of been that way a little bit. So I, I, I'm not going to sit there, but they, they kind of got the niceties when it comes to the schedule makers of getting their three toughest games in this four game stretch 
all as them as the home team. And then Collingwood also plays at the same stadium they play. So all four games yeah, that's are a, at the same hey, venue. Hey, I'm just saying so, someone might be helping them out. Someone might be a, a bit of a D's <laughs> fan up in that room. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but uh, that could definitely, that Sydney game, if they can come out, I mean, uh, obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's in a few rounds, and I'm excited for that. But if they can somehow, you know, manage a way to, to – out offense Melbourne and to be able to uh, come away with the win in that one. That is a catalyst for a hell of a finish to your season. And that win will go a long way, but um, sticking with Sydney, um, let's uh, get into the last statement here of the overreactions. Um, and there is, it's safe to say that there's a handful of teams to this round that did not have the best of times in front of the goals, especially when it comes to trying to kick it through the middle one, which is, of course, if you guys don't know that six points, the outer ones are just one point. So the goal is to kick you through the middle. I know it's, it's kind of brand new, um, advice and coaching. Donnie, I'm sorry to, <laughs> to be stepping on your toes here as you're the real coach, but Apparently, we got some learning to do. Uh, <laughs> there are some teams that didn't have the best of games when it came to goal kick accuracy. Obviously, the mighty West Coast Eagles in their glory, um, you know, they had a normal game, essentially. Actually, they scored 38. That's better than average for them. Good job, West Coast. You guys really knocked that one out of the park. <laughs> yeah, the, the Dockers team that we mentioned that didn't have the best, but also they were playing against some pretty poor weather. Yet, Essen, not a great game. Adelaide with a better game, but, you know, 9 and 12, still not exactly where you want to be. Um, but And then you had Sydney kicking 14 and 21. Great uh, score there, but definitely some behind action in that one. But with that being said, last statement of the round, Sydney had the most worrying goal kicking this week. Oh, I, I, again, being the Swans fan, I watched this game. I watched this game live, and <laughs> – it's one of those. If you look at the you look at the shot total. I mean, thirty five shots on goal. That's pretty Crazy. impressive. <laughs> that is pretty impressive. Again, I, I hate doing this. Bombers fans, please it's don't essence. be angry with me. But this is the truth. It was against the Bombers, and the Bombers have not been defensively sound. But I, I look at this, and I, and I wanted to pull this up because I wanted to see who the biggest defenders were. And, and just mm-hmm. just going off the forward line, mm-hmm. you have three three behind three behinds kicked by Tommy Papley, four behinds kicked by Lance Franklin, two behinds kicked by Isaac Heaney, two behinds kicked by Peter Adams, and two behinds kicked by Will Hayward. The fact that it's your forwards kicking the behinds is both a good and a bad sign. It, it's a good it's a good sign because it means you're getting the ball into your forwards and you're getting your forward shots on goal. Mm-hmm. The bad part is, is that in a game where you're not playing a team that's as atrocious playingly as Essendon is, that can come back to bite you. So exactly, especially this, in the sense we just talking about with Melbourne as well. Is this a worrying sign? Yes, I'm not going to say this is an overreaction. I actually agree with this. This is a worrying sign because it, as many times as they went in, this game probably should have been a 100-point win for the Swans, if, yeah. if I'm being 100% honest. Again, Bombers fans, please don't hate me. I'm just telling the truth. Buddy Franklin had six shots on goal, and he was two and four, two goals, four behinds. If he gets half of those and has four goals, this game is different. If If Papley isn't as wayward because he's trying to kick it as hard as he can instead of just being <laughs> nice and easy. I think this game gets out of hand and gets out of hand quickly. Mm-hmm. So again, going into a ton, going into a tough game against the Carlton blues this week. If I'm horse Longmire, I definitely make sure to get us some goal kicking practice because you cannot, cannot 
keep Carlton in the game if you're going to get a lot of inside 50s because they can score and score quickly. Now, we'll have to see. It's a completely different situation, and Carlton is now dealing with some issues, including the fact that the fact that Williams is now going to be out for a significant amount of time. Thankfully, I will say this, Blues fan. Thankfully, it was not an Achilles. It is a calf strain. Yes, it is a bad calf strain. So it sounds like he's probably going to be out till the, to the finals. Absolutely, better than running the Achilles. Not, though that's not. It's, but it's, it's not, not season a, ending. <laughs> Exactly. Oh. Well, and it's not a 12 month or to where he's coming in six, seven rounds next year as well. Exactly. So, so it's one of those, you cross your fingers, you think, God, it's not, it's not the worst possible situation, which, which is great, but that's a worrying sign for Carlton because if, if Sydney can get it going, that's one less defensive body to be able to throw back there. So it'll be quite interesting. I, I look at a lot of these games this week and there's some interesting matchups that it's I think round. could go either way. If certain things happen. So, stay so along until the tipping. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll state it right now. And I've already told, I already told Ross this. I have, I have a bold tip this week. It's I, I'm, I'm going to take the bold tipping mantle at least for one week. Bro, that's what I have I'm saying. So like if you tip. guys have listened to any tipping, any show, you know that <laughs> I have my one a week and I promise you, I still have that one a week this round. It might be a little bit different from Donnie's up, but I got to say, I'm so proud of you. This is awesome. Can't wait to have, maybe it'll well, for give me, me a way for to. me this, for me, this tip, I don't think is as bold as some people think. It will, some people might make it out. That's the I don't beauty think of these tip. bold tips, Donnie. That's the beauty. Some of mine. Okay. I'll be honest. Some of mine are just like really stupid. And like, I probably shouldn't tip them. Other... You, aim for the fe- you aim for the fences. You're like Babe Ruth. You're pointing to the fence and hoping you just hit it. <laughs> hey, sometimes they hit. Sometimes they don't um but you know that's a fun thing but i want to bring this statement up to you especially being a, a, a swans fan as yourself just because taking a look at actual watching the game taking a look at the statue you know between the inside 50s the the 35 shots on goal and uh, not even counting all the ones that totally just missed the mark as well um the goal attempts if you want to put in those numbers this game should have been way 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 more of a bigger win for sydney um especially against the best. Uh, I feel, yeah, now I'm coming to you, man. We've said it way too much. I'm so sorry, guys. I don't mean to keep rubbing in your face, um, but it kind of happens when it's a fact. Um, you know, you join me, take solace, and I'm a Giants fan, so we all suck. Um, and I, I talk the most crap about them of anyone I've ever heard. It's great. Um, you would not think I'm a supporter of them. But I, I guess it's just – when we were comparing them to these bigger games they're going to have, you know, the Melbourne and stuff like that, the Carlton, this is, these is games like this are going to beat you. The Estens, the West coast, the Adelaide's um, the sometimes the suns, but it, it's hard to beat that true finals contender. when We have performances like this for their sake. And for my sake, for my prediction sake, I hope they fix things. And for your sake, I hope you don't go crazy. Um, so I hope they start to, to, you know, get things together because we already have one sad fan here. We don't need two of them, especially two from the Sydney's as well. It's, uh, it's not necessary, even though the giants are greater. Um, it's only in name and not especially not what we see on the field, but that's going to do it for our overaction for this round. Let us know your thoughts in the comments or hit us up over on our socials is the old Fremantle back is Port Alley, the hottest team in the league right now. And does Sydney have a problem that they need to assess and worry about? But uh, before we get into what the blank, 
it's uh decided to bring up two uh, fairly controversial, fairly hot-button issues, and certainly ones that are going to spark emotion and strong opinions. Uh, Starius Off is sticking with the Swans as well. There's some news, and I'm going to put in some rumblings, and, and, you know, take this one with the... Take the whole salt shaker. I'll be honest with you guys. Just go, go over to the ocean. You guys are on the coastline. Um, go over to the ocean real quick and just start chugging because you're going to need some salt content for this one. And that is that uh, Dusty Martin is all but guaranteed to be heading to the Sydney Swans next year, right? According to this um, very coveted uh, was it <laughs> reporting site, news site. <laughs> Oh boy, how to unwrap this particular Christmas <laughs> present? My gosh! All right, so let, you know let's, let's, break, like to, let's you, break this down. You know, I serve them up to you well. Oh, oh yeah, you're giving to me on a very interesting silver platter here. Um, okay, so no, he he is not all but guaranteed to come to Sydney. It's it, according to this report, and again, I take it with a lot of a grain of salt because this is the Sydney Herald, which is a Sydney-based paper. It does not exactly is not exactly known for its accuracy when it comes to its stories. Sometimes it's a little bit of an opinion. There's a certain news station in the States that I compared it to in my particular Twitter content in a discussion. If it offends you, I'm sorry, but I, that is my opinion. If you have a problem with it, well, you know what? I don't care. It's my opinion. I can have it just like you can have your opinion as well. Plain and simply, what it says is, is that Dusty Martin is having discussions with the sydney swans now as a swan supporter i've had many people ask me this question and i've asked many swan supporters this the common answer by most swan supporters is ah, we're good we don't need you dusty as much as we'd love to have you unless you're planning on taking a massive pay cut and being a guy that's going to come in and help our youngsters progress and not take their spot uh, we'll we'll pass. We'll, we'll let you stay in. We'll let you let you stay in Victoria. You'll do fine. Or go on over to the guys over in Orange if you feel like it. Which unfortunately, I don't think they can afford you either. So uh, that's well, they can't. No. They have too many. They have too many million dollar players currently on their list. There's no way they're going to be able to afford them. Love the 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 talent to you know wins and, ratio. It's and, and and some Richmond fans are going to get a little salty on this one again. All due respect, I'd rather have Lance than Dusty. And I understand Dusty is an incredible player, but I, I said this pre, I said this pre-camera. I said, I think both of these gentlemen are past their prime. They are still great. They're still excellent players, but they both are not in their prime anymore. They are not the players that they used to be. There, there is some regression on in both sides. And for me, I would rather have the big, tall forward that can nurture our forwards. I think our midfield already has a solid enough leader in Joey Kennedy and Luke Parker. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about our midfielding needing help. I would rather I would rather go see if we can talk Alex Rance, the former Richmond defender, mm. into joining the Swans because I think that's where we would actually need much more senior leadership. Mm-hmm for our young swans defenders and like justin McInerney, nick blake nick blakey and, and tommy mccartan and that's been the revelation with patty mccartan coming back in and being that big bodied intercept defender so i'm i'm one of those i'm gonna i again if they could get dusty on a massively small contract for him i'll, I'll say that for him <laughs> 
and it's not going to co- and it's not going to cost the swans any of their youngsters i would be okay with that i know that's pie in the sky richmond fans i know this this is massive pie in the sky here so i'm not even going to joke that it's possible i don't think it is as much as i think he wants to come up to sydney Mm -hmm. unless lance retires and by all everything i'm hearing he's happy he wants to keep playing i would rather have lance than dusting and again i I know for some people that may for some people that's ludicrous discussion i'd rather have lance if i'm if i'm being 100 honest with myself because I like what Lance is doing currently. I, think I don't think he, that's I a think... crazy take. Because with oh. one of these things, it's simple. You want to know what we can do, Donnie, right now. We're, we're, going to, we're, we're going to get a list. Just good, old-fashioned. When you have a dilemma, what do you do? Break out the pros, cons list. All right, let's see here. My handy-dandy notepad. <laughs> um, uh, so, so pros. Um, generational talent, that's the future Hall of Famer. Yes. Um, winning experience. Yes. Um Great team, great team guy with a great field kick. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Um, he'll he'll bring puts the media butts, with puts him. Butts Wait, on, no, puts no, butts no, on that's a seats. con. That's a hardcore con. I hate the media. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't need that. Um, cons, shit ton of money. Um, might take the ball away from young players. Shit ton of money. We'll put that one twice to emphasize how much money it is. Um, and also, I just don't. I, I don't think the, the fit's there. When it comes to even, like I was telling you earlier, even if, say, these guys were exactly the same position, exactly the same talent level, exactly the same money, I would still side with Lance just because there's one thing Buddy has that Dusty Martin will never have, and that is a lot of experience with this current Swans team. And mm-hmm. that is irreplaceable. You can't put, it's hard to put a numerical value on that. I, I, I think... If they were to have a perfect situation where they could somehow make this work, then cool. But let's be real. Oh, and, and again, I said it's it's pie in the sky because I mean, is there ever going to be a possible way that you could get Dusty Martin and Buddy Franklin on minimal money and they both take it? Now, I think there's some people that would be crazy enough to think it's possible. And if Buddy wants to continue to play and he wants to win a flag. There, there are pros over here that have done it tons of times. They, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you don't like discussing it because you're a Broncos fan, but how many guys were in the latter part of their careers and they took pennies to go play with Tom Brady and the Patriots during the Patriots <laughs> run? <laughs> how many times did that? How many times did that happen? You don't see it as much in the AFL. Look, the but Bucks be, too. It, the Bucks recently as well. Just put but, Richard Sherman out there. Is, mm-hmm. he's one but of it'd be guys. but it'd be very very it'd be very very interesting to see that potentially happen like to see dusty martin go you want to know what i'll play for 300 grand as long as i can as long as i can play i mean i know that's not okay happen. so here we go if i know dusty it's not going to happen plays for a, t- a very team-friendly deal where they can make this happen without having to drop or trade away their young stars that they're building this team upon would you consider the Swans to be finals or to be flag favorites next season? They have Lance, they have Dusty, they have everyone in place right now. All they do is add. Oh, if they add Dusty to this already team with no losses, are they a finals or flag contender? 
Um, yes, I they're, think they're they contenders, can. but are they? I, I I think I think they are. I mean, think think about a forward. Think about a forward line at one time of having of having Lance Frank Lance Franklin at the full forward or even center half forward if you wanted to, with Tommy Papley and Isaac Heaney as your pockets, and then Dusty Martin, Luke Parker, Dusty Park, Dusty Martin, Luke Parker, and any combination, any combination of Sam Wicks, Will Hayward, James Bell, that's scary because who do you got? Sounds ridiculous. Who do, who do you take? Because <laughs> as soon as you take one, four others are free because there's no way you're going to have four solid defenders. I mean, there, I mean, sounds even like a going, perfect Gayfield fantasy team right there. It, it's, 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 a, it's a scary team offensively. And think, and think about this is that Luke Parker can go into the midfield and rotate off with, James Robottom with McInerney with Warner. I mean, Chad Warner's in there. You've got Callum Mills, who's playing out of his skin this year. So I, that's kind of how scary. The, again, I know this is pie in the sky. I don't <laughs> think this is going to happen. It's a but it is, int- it is interesting to think about that would Dusty take a mega small deal to play with the Swans? And, and, and then would there, would there, uh, would there be any fallout from it? Like, would there be a player that would go? I don't think it's going to be easy. There are still some free agents that need to be signed. Mm-hmm. And the biggest question is, does Lance resign? If Lance doesn't like here and here's, here's the other uh, option I've heard. Lance retires. Lance doesn't decide to play. He decides to retire. Does Dusty come in and basically take his contract? That's the only other way I can see Dusty getting into Sydney is if Lance is gone. If, if Lance goes like, there's also the possibility Lance is, is Western Australian. If he decides to go play for Frio or West Coast, which Fremantle would probably be Fremantle would be the one I think he'd fit the best in because I think he'd be able to step in for Rory Lobb. Sounds like he's been wanting out of the West Coast for two or three years now. So you drop him, you bring in, you bring in Buddy on on minimal money just because he wants to be back in his home state. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I see Dusty coming in is if Lance leaves. But everything, again, everything I'm hearing, Lance loves it in Sydney. He doesn't have to worry about being in the fishbowl of Melbourne, and he's playing great footy. He wants to continue, and he wants to continue with Sydney because he's kind of attached to these young players. Like again, I've stated it a couple of times in the podcast. Watch Sydney games, and one of the first guys to a guy that kicks a goal that isn't Buddy Franklin is usually Buddy Franklin. When he's on the field, if Tommy Papley kicks a goal, Lance Franklin's one of the first there. If Isaac Keeney kicks a goal, Lance Franklin's one of the first ones that's there. James Bell, Sam Wicks, Will Hayward, Luke McDonald, Sam Reed, Peter Laddams, any of the forwards kick a goal, Buddy's usually one of the first two guys to him. So he gets excited. Like he's very much become a team guy. I mean, I love he, it. I, I love it. So I, much. I, I, I agree with what one person said. He was almost going out of his way to find teammates in this game against Essendon. And it was scary watching his field kick. I mean, everybody's used to his long goals. That kicking man's and all vision that. is ridiculous. He, he, he has got a very good field kick. He's an underrated field kicker. Mm-hmm. Very, very accurate. So well, that's what happens when you kick a thousand goals in your career. People just kind of think you're a goal kicker and everything else gets overshadowed no matter how good you are. Uh, exactly. Buddy, buddy, bro. He's, I love him. So, I love watching him. He's, he's so much fun to watch just, just in every aspect of the game in interviews. Yeah. He's just like as close as you can get to like a perfect player. 
I don't know. Well, about, I guess I don't that know about, might be going I don't know over a little bit overboard, I don't know about perfect. but he's amazing. I don't know about perfect. To, to watch, to follow, is in terms of captain being team leadership, play, uh, helping your your player, uh, you know, assisting everyone around you, being just a killer yourself, being a coach to everyone. It's and also he's just entertaining. Literally the showman, the greatest showman. Well, he, I I agree with what one one announcer even said it is that he's kind of like the LeBron James of the AFL. He he does things you're not expecting for his size for for a guy that's six six, two twenty. He's quick as a hiccup. He's strong as a bull ox, and he's absolutely incredibly athletic. He he is a freak of nature. He's not something that you expect mm-hmm. because of his size and athleticism. That he does things guys half his size sometimes can't even do. So it's it's one of those. He is this unique enigma, and he has been such a blessing to the game. And the fact that he's an indigenous player and he's accepted his indigenous heritage, and and he does so many things for the indigenous culture both on and off the on off the pitch is absolutely outstanding. It's another thing that I think has been fantastic about the Sydney Swans is that they really have helped the indigenous boys that have come through the club really kind of stay connected to the indigenous culture, which is absolutely fantastic. Speaking of that, we'll have to talk about it next week. Check out the indigenous jumpers for the Sir Douglas Nichols. Bit of a clash we got going on. They are absolutely sick. Cannot wait to They're see great. these jumpers on. They're great <laughs> for photos. Maybe not so much for gameplay and TV viewing. Uh, I guess maybe even harder if you're there in person. <laughs> That's mm. was it the Richmond and Essendon one. That's uh, yeah, Richmond and Essendon ooh. are both wearing black. So I don't think they're both. Gonna, well, I don't think they're both going to be wearing their indigenous jumper that for that okay. for dream time. I don't. That think would they, be, I don't think <laughs> oh, they could. I I don't I don't think it's possible. But that would be great. But Buddy Franklin, um, even more impressive than everything we just listed. Somehow, the only big man that could pull off the all the way up socks. So shout out to him because <laughs> uh, he's amazing. But going from us one story that's. A bit of a pipe bomb, a bit of a dream to one that is stone cold fact and is going to happen no matter you like it or not. A lot of you, more than not, the, the grand final is going to be taking place at the twilight period uh, this year. And we're following a bit of a more of a follow up on, uh, on the, the story that when we were talking about last week, um, because we have some news from good old. Uh, the head of uh, the the snake himself, Gil McLaughlin, and uh, that that makes it sound like he's not good. He's great. So head the head of the head of the lion, the lion's mane. I don't know whatever you want to call it. Uh, but he kind of talked a little bit more on the Twilight Grand Final news, and he presented a very straightforward answer to you know just this whole discussion. And he says, "quote The simple discussion is what is the best presentation." of the game end quote so i think this might be one of the better statements that he's put out and this man's said a lot of good this is a perfect lens to put this debate through and to view it through i think you wear this fantastically so your thoughts on this donnie and and i mean of course we're going to get a little bit more of a dying soapbox i'm sure uh but um and I say that with all due respect because I think they're amazing. Uh, but taking a look at this debate through this kind of lens, what what do you think about it? Okay, all right. I I know this <laughs> this particular <laughs> oh, no. time this particular topic has has been a burr in the bonnet of so many people. And, and again, I will state this again to the Australians that are watching this. Both of the members on this podcast 
would love it to be at 2.30 because it would be much more advantageous for us over here. Not only just States. us, but like the entire USAFL community. And, and again, and I think that's one of the miscommunications a little bit that I've noticed. And I think you and you and I both know Brian Barish and he put out a tweet that kind of got a lot of traction and not always the great traction in the world. And I, and again, I love him because he, he, he will, he's one of those guys that will throw the proverb. He'll shoot the BB at the hornet's nest and, and take, take the repercussions of the possibility. Absolutely. I, again, do I want it at two? Th- I want it at two thirty. Yes. Do I think it's going to be at the normal traditional time? No. And and and, and I, I've laid out a couple of reasons for it. And, and, and the reason that I laid these out is because I I can't look at it just as a fan. I have to look at it as the overall product of AFL. With them trying to get the the new media rights covered as soon as possible, which again, I find fascinating that they're not even up till the end of next year and they're already talking about it now. <laughs> they, need to, they need to draw more money, plain and simply. And, and again, I, money, we didn't, we, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot run this league without money, okay? Whoa, you whoa, cannot whoa, pay these whoa, hot take. <laughs> wow. Well, that's- oh, I, that, that is an ice cold, that is an ice cold fact take as many people as they don't want to admit it. They need money to run the league. I mean, the league needs money. It needs more money to be able to pay these superstars the the, the levels that they are going to want to be paid. And then, as I as I stated off mic a little bit too, with with the progression of the women's league, with the progression of all of the things that the AFL wants to do, they are going to need more financial dollars to be able to do it all. And if they sit at two thirty, they are not going to make any more progressions. In, any of those categories Mm -hmm. this is one of those where i understand your frustration now and i really really do and again i grieve with you i agree with you but the reason i state it the way i do is is because i see the entire league as a whole and i know in the long run a it needs more money and b all due respect australians are you really gonna not watch the grand final if your team is in the grand final that would be a giant no so I, I'm seeing a lot of bluster by a lot of fans. <laughs> and I'm like, all due respect, if your team's in the grand final, are you not going to watch it just because it's not in the time that you want? I'm not going to see too many Australians that are going to turn down the chance to watch their grand final. If they can't get grand final tickets, they're going to watch it on television because they'll want to they'll want to try to see their team maybe win a premiership, which again is going to make your whole argument on Twitter and your puffery rather blunt and rather listless you There's will not a have whole no, lot of weight to it it's barking well, no bite. it's it's it, you're it's gonna basically it's gonna you're, you're gonna try to pump yourself up like tyson and you're gonna punch you're and you're gonna be punching like an ant there's just <laughs> no comparison there's no fight behind it so again i look at it like this do i do i want it no is it gonna happen I just have a hard time seeing it not happen. And in fact, I, I, I almost but, but can almost guarantee that as much as Gil wants it to be at 2.30 because he is a traditionalist, he does he like the traditional kickoff. He did say that kickoff. in the same quote that he wants, a, he understands and wants a 2.30 grand final. But he also understands the financial impact of moving it later will bring more financial dollars to the league in the long run. And that's the way to make the league more successful. Again, do I understand that the fans are pissed? Yes. 
But the fans also have to understand that if they want a league in the next 20 years, they're going to have to progress. It cannot stay the same. No league is going to stay the same and be successful. You have to accept change sometimes as much as you don't want it to happen. I I think the biggest question here is like, it's going to this year. We are going to have a evening grand final. The only question we really have is if this is going to be the future, if this is going to be the new norm, the new standard, mm-hmm. it might be a thing. What, what I guess what I see happening right now is that they're going to do it for probably a few years. And when they're able to, um, well, I, so I guess I might be optimistic in this, but when they're able to, they're going to go back to two thirty. But if some, if this takes off, I think we might be facing a new norm, unfortunately, to all you traditionalists out there. And one thing I got to say as well, oh my, Gil makes me so obscenely jealous of the AFL and footy fans because they're a league with someone in charge of it that is competent for his position. He's the Rob Manfred. He's the <laughs> Roger Goodell. He, he's, oh, they're so lucky. Donnie, why can't I? Oh. It hurts. It hurts well, seeing ask, someone living your if, dream. <laughs> if you ask some Australians, that he's he's about the same as those two. Unfortunately, so. from my from my view, at least, he is so well, much better. Well, and and so here much. here here's my counteraction to this. As much as I love your thought process of it eventually going back to two thirty, I'm one of those. It's kind of Pandora's box. Once you open it, you can't go back. That's why I said like, I, and I, I think that's, that's why think that's that, me being an optimist. It, realistically, <laughs> it's never going to be two thirty again. And and that's never. The, the, the problem with and it's one of those where COVID both hurt and helped this whole thing. It hurt it because it, it really kind of threw the wrinkle of they had to play it later because it was in Brisbane. It was where they had, it had all set up. The problem is Pandora's box is open is because the advertisers saw the money because they saw an increase in view, viewers. And, and my favorite is so many people were like, well, that was because Victoria was locked down. Like, yeah, that's great. But that's not what I'm talking about because Victorians were going to watch it whether they were locked down or not because it wasn't in Victoria. Let's, and let's also, just answer COVID, that question. The, the biggest and, thing well, I think you ever did is it brought me as a fan to the sport. So you guys are welcome because subsequently from the show. So. <laughs> but, but that's not it though. Is it the other thing is is that the two uh, I'm states not, I'm that not are. Special. That you're special. You're, you're very. I'm you're, definitely you're very, special. You're, you're very special. <laughs> but no. It, what I also look at it too is, is is if you look at the ratings in New South Wales and Queensland, mm-hmm. which are rugby territory, they are not AFL dominated. Mm. They are rugby dominated. They saw an increase in ratings as well over the last two seasons because the game was in more of a prime time spot. Okay. So that's more of the Numbers. thing that I look at it too is, is that if, if the AFL wants to continue to expand in New South Wales and Queensland, the new time will be more progressive and more helpful to help footy spread in Queensland and New South Wales. Again, Victoria, South Australia, Western Australia. I don't think it's going to, I, I don't think the time change was really going to affect footy in those states because they're already footy mad. Let's, yeah. let, it's the plain and simply honest. <laughs> yes, Western Australians and South Australians. Things, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you credit. You deserve it. You are football mad states. You talk footy. You love footy. Love you care guys. about your footy teams. Plain and simply. But here's the thing. You're going to watch the games because you're footy heads. They're trying to attract more fans there. Again, this is not advantageous for the rest of the world unless you're in Europe. 
European fans, surprisingly, if you if you watch some of the Twitter, the European fans are losing their minds because now the game is a little bit more of a decent time for them. So it's kind of it's kind of a give or take. The USA fans are pissed because it's in the middle of the night because now they're having to watch it the way Europeans were having their problem of the, the early, early AM kickoff times. So again, I, I, I'm one of those, if, the, if this game goes at twilight, it's not going back. And I don't like saying, I trust me, I, I take no joy in that. It's not going back because once you in open Pandora's box, there's no going back. It, it is either going to be, it's either going to stay as a twilight game for the rest of its, for the rest of eternity or it's going to become a night game full-on 7 p.m east australian eastern standard time permanently i guess i think i think once it gets to that it is done since that's a few extra hours so it's like it's like waking up for work that's four that's four a.m that's that's four 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 thirty for uh, for seven a.m before four thirty so that's the the twilight game is start about four which would be about two 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 one or two so, I mean, it's not as super bad as people are kind of making it off. It's because the original kickoff time is 2, which is 11. They move it two hours, later, it's 1 a.m. So, yes, it's not vantageous for over here. But I don't think it's as big a time frame as everybody thinks it is. Like, mm-hmm. And then, again, it's as we stated last podcast, every single other big sport in the world plays its game as a prime time night game. Champions League final. Where it is, it's usually paid at night in prime time for most of Europe. NHL, NBA, NFL, all of their championship series and games are played 7 p.m. Eastern, which is prime time even in the Even college sports, even the big college even, sports. Well, the college championship games, yes. Yeah, some yeah. of the bowls, not yeah. so much, but, but that's, that's the thing. The big games, again, yes, I used air quotes for the people that are just listening on the podcast. I used air quotes for that. There we go. They are played at night. So this, this obsession with playing it during the afternoon, I get it because that's when it kind of was, but that was also started when there were no nightlights. It's kind of the same thing. Many sports, especially here in the States have progressed or everything's at night because lights. So we have technology. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I, I just, like now I my said, favorite I, technology, cause we're, we can definitely remember the age where we had the stadium lights, but like they took like 30 minutes to warm up to actually get to you know, to, to full brightness. Now we got Optus putting on light shows because they can. I love it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you one little fact about about my, my local university here. They did not have permanent night lights for night games until about five years ago that they would actually have a local lighting company come in three days before a night game and put up floodlights <laughs> in the corners of the stadiums to be able to play a night game because it did not have full-time lights until about Beautiful. five years ago when they had a state when they had a stadium renovation and they put them in permanently but for the longest time at the university at the university of iowa they had to bring in musco lighting which is in muscatine iowa had to bring in four sets of floodlights for every night game that was scheduled after five because they did not have permanent lights because when Kinnick stadium was built was in the 20, it was no, it was in the forties. So those type of lightings weren't up. So most of the Iowa games for the longest time were either at 11 AM or two 30 in the afternoon until that's awesome. So it's, it's been kind of crazy. Awesome. So that's, that just shows you the, the changes over the years. Again, like I said, Australians, I wanted it to 30. I really do. We're on your I, side. I just, I just have a, I just have a hard time seeing it being anything other than twilight or night. 
Apparently, I'm sorry, we're, and I we're hate saying that. A little bit more realist, which sucks. But at the same time, um, the sooner you get your uh, your head around the fact that we will never have a afternoon grand final again, the better you will be. Because even if we do get afternoon one, then hey, pleasant surprise. That's like me always tipping against the Giants. You know, <laughs> hey, oh, this is never going to happen. But oh, they won. Cool. Um, I don't even know if I want to tip them this round against West Coast. But we'll get there when we get there uh, because <laughs> it's time for something I was saying a lot. Another round, another time where I said this last especially watching those damn giants. You guys are great, but what the blank, Donnie? It's time to fill in the blank. For those that don't know what we do on what the blank, I got three statements for Donnie here. They have a blanket, either the beginning, the middle, or the end. And it's up to him to fill it in with whatever he so chooses. Um, I know a lot of you guys are might be saying what the blank to some of these answers, even though they're probably right because Donnie's a genius. But sorry, it's off. Statement number one, and I I think there's there's a lot of teams that you could put in this category, um, which is that this statement, the most meh team in the league right now is blank. Oh, meh. That's a very interesting, (laughs) such a technical term there. But you know what I mean. Exactly. Okay, and I thought about this one when I saw this question on the uh-huh. run sheet. And I, I looked at it, and I, there's two right now that really kind of there's two right now that really kind of come to mind, and it and it, it's maybe just because of how their seasons have been similar yet different, uh-huh. and that is the West Coast Eagles and the Hawthorne Hawks. Those are my two mad teams right now. They're 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 sitting in this weird stage. Okay. They're sitting with 12 points currently, so they're a full game. They're full two games behind Richmond at 20, and they're a full game ahead. Of, they're a full two games ahead of North Melbourne and the West Coast Eagles. So they are mm-hmm. two games from the bottom and two games from the finals. They're in this purgatory, mad. shall we say, because I really don't see them fighting up to finals and i don't see them diving down and being in the the wooden spoon discussion so they literally are sitting in this weird spot where i don't know how to kind of take it hawthorne had that great start but then as we kind of have seen this year some of the teams that hawthorne played early in the season eh, not so good now they're playing better hawthorne's kind of i think hawthorne's kind of running into a little bit of what gold coast ran into a few years ago Mm. great in the first quarter okay in the second quarter starting to get a little scary in the third quarter and then fourth quarter literally <laughs> game over i mean literally they fall apart in the fourth quarter it, it has been atrocious mm-hmm. the hawthorne hawks fourth quarters over three of the last four games it's been scary seeing this team literally i mean they run out of gas with a hundred miles still left in the race. And so <laughs> that's been their problem. And Adelaide's kind of been the same thing. You look at it, a team that gets a big, it's a big win over the doggies and then gets absolutely plastered by GWS a couple of weeks later. So the, these are teams. I don't know what to kind of make of them are is, is Hawthorne fully kind of embracing the change in the guard because of the mm. fact that, uh, Mitchell's not in as many center bounces. Um, Omir is not in many bounces. Shields not in as many center bounces. He's having some of the youngsters in there. And with Adelaide, it's kind of one of those where it's like they've got youngsters, but they're not playing all of them. Phil Thorpe is finding himself stuck in the sample a couple of weeks in a row. Some of they they had uh, Coach Nix this year dropped seven players 
from the original team and had seven changes come into this last week. So th- there's a Sounds lot of like math. my fancy team. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of meh about this, these two teams, because they're just, they're sitting in this purgatory of they're not going to make finals. They're not going to be in the wooden spoon. What, what is, what, what's kind of their season going to turn out to be? So it'll be f- fascinating to watch these two teams and where they kind of go. Do they start, does one go up? Does one go down? Or do they kind of stay in this little purgatory two games out of either particular notable ending to their season? That is a great choice. I really like that one just because, I mean, you, you guys know what I mean when I say, you know when a team is meh. You do that just by looking at them. <laughs> I, I could give you, I could give you just an audible kind of noise for any team in this league. When I, when I think of meh, I'm almost thinking like Collingwood. And you just hear in the the tone of voice when you say Collingwood, like, are they good? Yeah, kind of. Are they bad? No, no. It's just like, you know, they're right there. But uh, man, there's. I think there's like a good chunk of this bottom, like 10 team and like on the ladder that just screams meh. And I think it's great. Honestly, some of the meh teams are some of the funnest to watch because you have zero expectations <laughs> for what they're going to do. But you also, but you also know too, that they can come up with a brilliant game at the at, <laughs> at a time that can really throw a lot of things. They, they are, they're a team that's like, you don't know whether you should count on them or not count on them. That's why I call That's why I said they're perfect meh because again, Hawthorne has those moments where they're a brilliant team and then the exact opposite happens. (laughs) Oh, I I think it's great. If you want to talk about excitement, take a look at the meds because you never know what you're going to expect. Um, but uh, one thing that we can expect from a guy is the performance we've seen from James Sisley and he has, been awarded and rewarded for his just just phenomenal play um, for the Hawthorne Hawks. But um, segment number two, Donnie, James Sisley's contract extension is blank. Of course, if you guys miss this one, he's essentially a lifer, signed a five-year contract with him through 2027. He's with the Hawks until he's 32. But you're, you're filling the blank to this one. For me, this is this is an excellent move for the Hawks. This this is a stabilizing move for a team that they they needed to sign this young man. He's as an incredible player. He's been a stabilizing factor coming back after his ACL injury last year. He's just come in and he's just been Mister Consistent back there in a team that's very inconsistent when mm-hmm. it comes to their results. So, this is a great signing for the for the Hawthorne Hawks. This this gives them the possibility. Of, this guy is captain material. This guy can be a guy that can Absolutely. be your captain for the future of this footy club this is a this is a good signing this is getting a top tier player on your list wrapped up to where you don't have to worry about him for a long period of time so this is good business for me this is an amazingly good signing by the hawks i I think your point really just goes to show this guy might not be exactly worth this contract but given to what he is to this team he is a constant light in what seems to be a constant dark uh, for for this Hawthorne team, or a constant con- a constant dim light bulb, if we're going to call it, because they're one of the mad teams that we just got done talking about. So for them to be able to lock this up, if you, it, I think it's great, and um, I, I'm, it's probably one of the better moves of the season so far that we've seen from a from a, a player contract standpoint. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue that this isn't a really good. This isn't a very good signing. I know um, 
a little bit of swan, a little bit of swan's homer is being able to sign Isaac Heaney to 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 a yes. contract there. I think is another great, brilliant move for the the Swans. It's I, I look at it. There's there's a couple of teams I think that their off seasons are going to be interesting, especially is is the Western Bulldogs with English and with Melbourne with Luke Jackson because mm-hmm. those are a couple of big signings that I think can really solidify your those future. Cha- those are team changing signings. Those are team changing. I don't know about team changing, but they're team solidifying because okay. they keep the team together that has again. Well, I English, mean, I'm sorry, man. Since if another team was able to pick up an English. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a team changing if he if he changes places, but it's a team solidifying because mm. it's a guy staying in an environment because he wants to be there. I mean, it's hard not to argue until Tim English went down with his injury, and then now this incredibly crazy flu that had him in the hospital this last week. In fact, he won't play again this week. Um, that he, he was still an Australian rock for me. It was hard to argue what he was doing was making a massive impact for a guy that was not exactly a rockman shall we say he was your forward that kind of got thrown into the rock after stefan martin had his injury issues that he had last year so i i i look at it as is is there's there's great signings for your club and there's signings that keep other clubs from getting progressively better and solidifying a team which i think there, there's a couple of ones that'll be interesting this offseason to see how they go and will the will there be some guys on the move that may make big impacts on their clubs next season as well. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fun one to watch. I can't wait. Um, but going from a guy that is captain material to a guy that is actually a captain, uh, this brings us to our last, um, what the blanking that is, Dyson Heppel. Now, this is a man that is on a team that's being widely criticized, rightfully so, um, and also one that is under heavy media scrutiny, this player specifically um, for, I guess, his, I'll put in air quotes for you guys. His his pregame antics, I, I I guess, is what the media is almost deeming it. With him being happy on his 30th birthday and 200th career game, you know, two very nice milestones. But uh, statement number three, and that is Dyson Heppel's pregame actions in round nine were blank. Uh, all right. We got to rewind ourselves a little bit and kind of okay. kind of backtrack our history a little bit. Going into that game, Essendon comes off a big fourth quarter comeback to help win, to help beat the Hawthorne Hawks. Mm-hmm. There, I have no problem with what Hempel did before the game because he's happy. He just got his three. He just he's get, he gets a milestone game. His team comes off a win. He's enjoying he's enjoying the milestone situation kind of in, in its in its entirety so i have no problem with what he did prior it's what his team and how his team responded against the swans that you should have the problem with and in fact i'll, I'll bring in a little bit of a topic a little bit off this is that there, there's a lot of drama coming down with what luke parker did to dylan shields in this yes. game where he kind of did that like like you're 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 jumpy like like you you didn't go into the contest you're scared Mm -hmm. to to go into a contest and that has absolutely just grown wings and blown up it was so funny in the melbourne media and and it's one of those where it's like everybody's kind of got their sides on it is was luke parker wrong was was when what don't and what how they reacted wrong i i'm not going to delve into that because i i think are you allowed to sledge on the field? Yes. Do I think it was a little excessive? Maybe a little bit, 
but that's just that's my character i'm not i'm not a big sludger i'm not a big guy that's going to talk shit i'm one of those i just want to play i i'm, I'm not in the mood to, to kind of jaw jaw jack jaw jack with you where some people are like it's for a game i mean if you're going to be scared on the footy field if he gets called out to you there's nothing what, what can you do so it's a very interesting thing so no i have no problem with what dyson heppel did before because they were coming off a win he's in a milestone game he's allowed to enjoy it right after the game again hindsight's 2020 we had no idea essendon was going to literally give what they did and i blame i, I put it more on his teammates for not showing up for his milestone game on his birthday so it's like i, I kind of <laughs> i blame i don't blame him I, I i have no ill will nor do i think that he did anything wrong because it was before the game mm-hmm. so yeah it, it's i think it's there's a lot of things you can nitpick and write stories on and, and almost be <laughs> outraged at when it comes to this Eston football club but when it comes to a guy being happy and celebrating a huge moment there's better there's better hills to die on. I, I I think this is it's just ridiculous. And this is just more media being media and making stories um and getting some clicks on headlines. That's all I think of it. So uh, is what it is. It's stupid. Be mad stuff that you can actually be mad at, um, and ignore stuff that you know really doesn't make a whole big of a difference. Um, uh, but with that being said. That's going to do it for what the blank this week. Give us your thoughts. How would you fill the blanks for any one of these? What is the who is the most met team right now? What do you think of James Sicily's contract extension? And do you approve of Dyson Heppel's pregame actions? I know he doesn't give a damn if you do or don't, uh, but of course I do kind of give a damn because I'm just curious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also, I, I think he had the perfect statements to this, where essentially he doesn't care. And yes. Dude, give me, give me more of that because just don't acknowledge the stupid stuff. Um, but we got some interesting stuff coming up because Donnie actually had to do some legit thinking, at least when it came to the forward line, for this team of the round because we didn't get the six, seven goal kickers this week. We had five guys tied with four this round. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I correct? So definitely yep. – Definitely had to work for it. But with that being said, it's time for the best round, whether you're across the Pacific Ocean away from us or if you're in the States, it doesn't matter. There's only one list that matters, and that is Coach Donnie Hess's team of the round. So lay <laughs> down the law for us, please, sir. I don't know about laying down the law, but this is de- this is definitely a fun one. In fact, I think since I've started the team of the week, this is the first time I've ever had two players in the midfield from the same team so this is a very interesting week this year an incredible performance by one team that put two guys in the midfield because of their performance so let's jump right into it again we always start with defenders because defense wins championships i'm a coach so we got to start there starting with the defenders yes collingwood may not have had a great game but this gentleman did brandon maynard 23 disposals nine intercept possessions six score involvements five marks three tackles and 532 meters gained when a defender kicks a goal it's hard not to put him in the team of the week and that is port adelaide's darcy burn jones 20 disposals a goal eight intercept possessions four score involvements nine marks and two 
hundred meters gained. We jump to it. It has been a career revolution revelation for this young gentleman here from the Brisbane Lions. Dane Zorko goes out of the midfield, goes to the back, and is still making an impact with 26 disposals, two goals, a goal assist, five score involvements, five marks, five clearances, four tackles, and 518 meters gained. At least this gentleman showed up for his coach, GWS's Harry Perryman. 24 disposals, a goal, five intercept possessions, a goal assist, four score involvements, eight marks, and 689 meters gained. This gentleman is the talk and the name of the entire season this year for what he is doing, and that's Carlton's Sam Doherty. 28 disposals, a goal, eight intercept possessions, seven score involvements, 10 marks, and 444 meters gained. Some people may look and go, Coach, why would this gentleman be in it? His team gets absolutely destroyed each week. Well, he kicked a goal, and as always, he's always getting intercept possessions, and that's West Coast Jeremy McGovern. 23 disposals, a goal, 10 intercept possessions, six marks, four tackles, and 395 meters gained. Let's jump to the ruck really quick because this gentleman did not have a lot of possessions, but he made an impact starting ruck, St. Kilda's Patty Ryder, 10 disposals, but three goals, a behind, a goal assist, seven score involvements, five marks, and 22 hitouts for the aging Ruckman, who is still an athletic freak, and I think he is one of the reasons why St. Kilda is playing so well this season. Let's jump to the mids. Here we go. Here's our two, both from the Western Bulldogs. We'll start off with Josh Dunkley. 24 disposals, three goals, nine score involvements, nine marks, three clearances, and 259 meters gained. Also from the Western Bulldogs, also getting the player of the game and the medal is Adam Trelore. 35 disposals, three goals, a behind, three intercept possessions, nine score involvements, three marks, eight clearances, three tackles, and 537 meters gained. We talked about this gentleman a lot. He has come back like a house on fire, and that is Richmond's Dusty Martin. 20 disposals, three goals, a behind, a goal assist, 10 score involvements, four marks, four clearances, and 409 meters gained. Mr. Mr. Brownlow medal from last year, Ports Ollie Wines, 32 disposals, two goals, a three behinds, four intercept possessions, two goal assists, 12 score involvements, five marks, nine clearances, four tackles, and 575 meters gained. And rounding out the midfield is Carlton, but it's not how you think it is. It's Sam Walsh. 31 disposals, two goals, a behind, seven intercept possessions, eight score involvements, five marks, four clearances, and 372 meters gained. We jumped to the forwards, and as Ross said, four goals was the top, but five guys did it. So here we go. Richmond's Tom Lynch, 16 disposals, four goals, a behind, two goal assists, eight score involvements, and six marks. Also with four goals is Geelong's Tom Hawkins, 14 disposals, four goals, a behind, a goal assist, six score involvement, seven marks, 259 meters gained. Brisbane's Charlie Cameron, eight disposals, four goals, a behind, five score involvements, three marks, three tackles. I mentioned this young gentleman earlier, another one that's making a huge impact at the Gold Coast, Marbio Chole, 10 disposals, four goals, two behind, seven score involvements, four marks, four tackles and 261 meters gained. One of the most 
unamazing one because of who they were playing, and that's Melbourne's Tom McDonald. 14 disposals, four goals, a behind six score involvements, and five marks. This gentleman is an excitement machine. I cannot wait to watch this young gentleman grow up, and that is Melbourne's Kasaya Pickett. 20 disposals, three goals, two behinds, four intercept possessions, 10 score involvements, four marks, and 357 meters gain. We jump to the bench. We'll start off again with defense. The Western Bulldogs, Caleb Daniels, 34 disposals, eight intercept possessions, six score involvement, 10 marks, and 267 meters gained. It's a team of the week, so guess who's there? Mr. Christian Petraka is our midfielder on the bench. 28 disposals, two goals, four behinds, a goal assist, 12 score involvements, six marks, three clearances, eight tackles, and 466 meters gained. Joining the Rock is a kind of a surprise, but a gentleman that I've loved seeing him progress at the Richmond Tigers, and that is Toby Nankervis. Mm. 20 disposals, a goal, a behind, three score involvements, eight clearances, five tackles, and 35 hitouts. And last but not least is forward from Brisbane's Zach Bailey. 19 disposals, three goals, three intercept possessions, five score involvements, four marks, and 404 meters gained. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the team of the round. A lot of guys from several teams that had really big games, but a fun round of footy this week. Absolutely, and I'm sure that we're going to and pretty much have that one able to follow up when it comes to uh, the uh, round 10 slate of games as we roll on into our tips for this round. And like we were saying, we, prom- we made promises to you guys, and we're going to uphold those promises when it comes to making some Maybe some hot takes when it comes to who we think is going to win some of these games. Um, but starting us off, Friday Night Footy, that is going to be um, taking place in Marvel Stadium between Carlton and the Sydney Swans. This is probably my least favorite one to tip this round, I got to say. In, in terms, I, I, I'm i going with Sydney. I'm going with Sydney. But, man, it's, 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 it's going to be really close, man. It's going to be really close. This is one of those that this is one of those the tips the tipsters are are, are on the side of Carlton at least and the one that I looked at I think 60%. it's 63, 63 to 30 63. like 37 Seven. or something to That's that effect it was something to that effect <laughs> I'm one of those I'm gonna tip Sydney only because I look at it like this is that Tom DeConning had a pretty good game last round and Patrick Cripps kind of went in. But I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Braden Proust was kind of a lone ranger, so they mm. could kind of get away with doing that. Tom Hickey's come back, and him and Laddams had a heck of a game against Essendon and kind of neutralized Draper a little bit. So I look at it as I think Sydney may have a better chance of getting a little bit more of the out of the center footy, which I think is what Carlton's strength has really been, has been that able to get first to the footy. If Sydney can get first to the footy and kind of put some pressure on a defense core that's kind of being held together, um, we'll have to see how that handles. Again, it's a big body midfield, and Sydney's midfield has been relatively young. Um, do we see Kennedy go in there to kind of neutralize Crips a little bit? Does does Mills play a tagging role in this game? It'll be very fascinating. I'm gonna tip Sydney in this one. But this is a danger game for the Swans because this is a good Carlton team. This is a Carlton team that's playing very well. But I also think this is one of those. This is a danger game for Carlton because this could expose their defensive flaws if Sydney can hit their kicks. If Sydney is as accurate as they were against Essendon, again, I know it's Essendon. Again, Essendon fans, I'm sorry, but it's the truth. If they're as accurate as they were against Essendon, 
it's going to be a long night for Carlton because it's going to be very difficult to shut down their ball movement. If they are off like they were against Gold Coast or against Brisbane, Carlton's in and Carlton will win this game. I will say this right now. Kicking accuracy and the, the yeah. kicking accuracy, I think is going to be the telltale sign of who wins this. I think this game is going to be much closer than people think. I think this is under a goal. I think this comes down late. I think Sydney wins it, but I think this is a humdinger of a game. Cannot wait for it. This is a Friday night clash. I am going to be up. I mean, Adam, I cannot wait for this one. I'm excited. Um, and hopefully we get this one right. But when it comes to the next game, that's going to take us to the Geelong Cats and the Port Adelaide Power. And I was telling you guys, I promised one in this one. 10% of tippers are going Port Adelaide against the Cats. And you count me in. I don't care that they're playing at the fortress known as GMHBA Stadium because I'm riding the hot hand. I'm riding a team that, that there's a team that's been on and off the last five rounds. And we got a team that's on the four-game winning streak. Let's go Port Adelaide. This is definitely not one I'm necessarily confident in, but I'm going I'm gonna to set down this one. Uh, this is- full, full discrepancy. <laughs> I wouldn't advise tipping port, but I'm gonna. Here, here's I'm uh, and, and I'm gonna kind of back you up a little bit while also to my, while tipping Geelong. But I'm gonna say this: <laughs> if this game was being played in South Australia, if this game was being played at Adelaide Oval, Oval. I would tip port. I, I'm oh, gonna say that right man. now because of where this is played. That's where I think Geelong has the advantage because Geelong is used to playing on this skinny ground. They're used mm-hmm. to this so much more than Port was. Most teams go down to GMHBA and have trouble because of its skinny dimensions. I think if this this game was played at the Adelaide Oval, I would tip Port in this one. This is 100% honest. Yes, Port fans, I'm being honest. I would tip Port if this wasn't a GMHBA. I think it makes that big a difference. I think Geelong wins this, but this is another humdinger, another really good game, 10.45 our time. If I didn't have a crazy week this week and had 80.35 from my local team, the Roosters, I would have asked Ross to, to stream this because this, I think, is going to be another game of, game of the round contender. So I may watch this live. I may not because it's going to be a long day of footy. That's you know, Saturday. Luckily, it's I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more at the end of the episode. Oh, we got two of them in 945. I'm watching two games of footy this Friday. Let's go. Okay, I'll count that one as a dub for me. You guys can come see me kind of lose it on Twitter, possibly. <laughs> uh, I, I'm good doing that. Uh, next one is the Western Bulldogs taking on the Gold Coast Suns in Mars Stadium. I went back and forth on this one. I don't in, agree with the 92 to 8% in spread. I thought it was going to be a little bit closer than this. But I am going to go with the doggies, but I'm not super sold on them. All right. You had you had your you had your oh, fire in the yep. dark. I have mine. I'm tipping the suns. This is better tip than mine. No, for sure. The suns <laughs> sure. on this one because oh. no Tim English. Yes, it's at Mars Stadium at Ballarat. And the last time they played at Ballarat, they did not play really well. I think Gold Coast has got some positive mo. Jared Witz, I think, is going to have another day out against another less than impressive ruck. I think Tuke Miller and, and Matty Rowell have been playing excellent, excellent football. Mabio Chol and Levi Casbell have both been able to put goals on the board for the Gold Coast Suns. I'm going to take the risk here. I'm going to tip the Suns to get the upset at Mars Stadium in Ballarat and get another big four points for the Queensland side. I freaking love it, Tommy. I'm all here for a Gold Coast Suns dub. Um, and 
in this week's episode or this week's edition of my word that these odds keep on getting larger um that is the north melbourne ruse because if you take a look at the bedline here we got the melbourne d city and the buck go one with the north melbourne ruse donnie they break twenty dollars twenty one dollars <laughs> oh, oh, oh oh man that's so tough uh but 98 percent of tippers going with uh the d's in this one understandably so count me 98. in <laughs> 98 wow there's two percent of some very very That's positive more than i thought it was going to be shit. my <laughs> mine the tipping the tipping thing i'm looking at currently has it 99 to 1 so that, that's more like it <laughs> um again i think this is an easy one i think i tip my tip melbourne i just unless melbourne is struck down and half their and almost all of their starters are not playing and even still i think melbourne's probably a little bit better than north melbourne at this present point so i'm gonna tip the d's in this one how ugly does this get or does melbourne kind of put this in cruise control and kind of just save energy for later on in the year guess we're gonna find out um next one sick kilda and the adelaide crows at the oval 81 percent of tippers according to afl.com.au slash tipping my official site i don't, I don't know uh, i i feel like we're really spitting hairs because we're kind of off by like one percent on either site we're looking at uh but 81 percent going with st kilda in this one I'll join them, even though that it might be a closer game than the odds might show, than the betting odds might show. This is one of the. This is one of those. A few weeks ago, I I would have been much more apt to to think about tipping Adelaide, but mm-hmm. the last few weeks they've 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 kind Come of on. regressed. Yeah, lose to GWS. That's well, not good. <laughs> that that's one of those big ones. I'm going to tip uh-huh. the Saints in this. I'm going to tip the Saints in this one. But again, Adelaide is a team that, again, as I said in the Met, they come up with games out of nowhere. It's like they pull it out of a body cavity. Uh, I'm not going to say on the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm going to tip St. Kilda, but this is another one I look at and I go, if if there's an upset that may come out of nowhere, this might be it. I know you would say, well, coach, if you tip it, it's not out of nowhere. It's It's out of nowhere because most people – are not tipping this one. So I'm looking at this one. This is the possibility of an upset besides the one that I tipped. So St. Kilda, but I think think Adelaide's in a little bit more of a sniff than some people will make him credit. I like that. I I like that a lot, actually. Um, Next one we got is a team that, or it's a game that's probably not going to be as close as this uh, previous one. That's Richmond in Essendon. Tigs all the way. Go Tigs. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I don't think the Essendon Football Club is really sitting in, in, in any kind of mode of, of positivity at all. And unfortunately, it is only getting worse. The more the media discusses this, the harder it's going to get for these for these Essendon players. Dream time sometimes can, can, can breed an interestingly fun game. But I think the Tigers are starting to kind of find their mojo a little bit. Um, I, I think some of the additions, Morris Rioli Jr. has come in and been a revelation. I think Tom Lynch is starting to find his kicking boots again. Um, so I, I like the Tigers in this one. I think Dusty has brought some positive momentum to this Richmond Tigers team, and they're going to keep riding the wave. So I'm going to tip the Tigers. You know, Tony, I, I also got to say, if the Giants somehow lose to the West Coast Eagles, I don't think I'll ever <laughs> emotionally recover from this. Um, so tipping the Giants, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm not so nervous because just I would have been more nervous if West Coast would have given some some run for their monies over the last couple of games. But the the the, the insipidness of their performances makes me to believe that 
uh, the, the first time head coaching of their assistant coach taking over for Leon Cameron. I think he gets his first win. He gets off the schneid. I think he gets some confidence to a GWS team that right now is they're kind of running low on emotional. They're kind of running low emotionally just because of how kind of that Carlton game kind of slipped away from them a, a lot. That's on putting the in ground, lightly. So, unfortunately. So, but I'll, I'll tip GWS in this one. I just, I, I don't like I don't like West Coast mood. I don't like how they've handled things. I think it, it's just been one stuff up over and after another. That'd be horrible. Um, I guess we'll see. Next one, a second to last game of the round. That's going to be the Brisbane Lions taking on the meh Hawthorne Hawks. <laughs> uh, we got one team that's meh, the other one that's mm. You know, that that's what I'll go with right there. If you can... <laughs> that that's a new language i was telling donnie that there's there's three english-speaking countries all speak different languages you got american you got australian and you got british all three different languages i'm introducing a fourth one here on this episode where it's what, what, the gruntanese yes that yes i'm a genius that that works great um so that that's brisbane lions uh, yeah, um, there's no way in hell I'm tipping Hawthorne over the Brisbane right now because Brisbane is, in my eyes, the second best team in the comp at this point. Hawthorne is not. So the math checks out on my tip. Um, I, as I kind of stated earlier in the thing, it's like Brisbane, uh, if, if I'm the Brisbane Lions, there's one thing that you kind of take it in is, is that um, as long as you're within 10 points of the Hawthorne Hawks going into the fourth quarter, you're, you're golden. Because in the fourth quarter, they will fall apart. If if history stays the way it goes, if Brisbane Brisbane can be trail this entire game, if they get to the fourth quarter and they're within two goals, uh, Brisbane will win this. Um, I don't think it's going to be that close. I think think Brisbane is starting to play better. Hipwood is back, which is crazy to think that he hasn't played it for over a year, and he actually made a decent impact in his first game back from the ACL tear, which I think is scary for other teams, knowing Hipwood's back. You're going to get Danaher back. You're going to get McStay back. This Lions team is getting better as the season goes on. I'm going to tip the Lions in this one. Like I said, the meh Hawks, unfortunately, continued to stay in the meh category. (laughs) So sorry, guys. Um, You're just not – I promise you might be a fan of them. You are not meh. Um, It's just that your team is. Last game of the round is going to be – one team that is also met another one that had a very met performance in round nine, and that is Frio versus the Collingwood Magpies. Dipping Frio, um, this is if you need a bounce back game, Collingwood might be one of the um, better teams to, to have it against, especially with it being at the very, very home friendly confines of Optus Stadium. I'm tipping Frio in this one. I could see it being, you know, like a four goal spread. So like somewhat close, but Frio should be able to handle them, them in, uh, in bounce back. Well, uh, this is, this is another one of those where if Frio had to go on the road again and go to the MCG and play Carlton, That's I'd, a be different a little, game. I'd be a little bit more likelihood to think about tipping Carlton going home. I think Justin Long, I think Justin Longmuir is going to be able to kind of grab his guys, go, Hey, wake up. <laughs> you had your you had you had your you had your bugger game you buggered it up you, you lost a game you probably should have won but you played i think a better i think you played a better gold coast team than i think a lot of people give them credit for so i don't think it's as bad as losses as some people think freeman wins this i think they get their mojo i think they get their mojo back unfortunately brody grundy is is looming that much larger a loss now 
because of the fact that I think he, he kind of was a stabilizer. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think these last few weeks have kind of shown Jordan to go. He might be kind of a flash in the plan, flash in the pan player a little bit more than a lot of people think. And if you're Collingwood, you're almost kind of smiling because you may get the guy for a little less money because exactly. he's, in his opportunity to, to make himself the money that I think he wants, he, he's not playing up to it. So I'm going to tip Fremantle in this one. I just think home cooking, home confines, a beatable team that's coming in, that's had some issues. I think this is kind of the perf- best case scenario for Fremantle. Frio wins this one at home. Well, that is about going to wrap it for our tips this round. The most notable ones you guys might want to keep your eyes on. This one more than mine is Donnie's going with the Gold Coast Suns over the Western Bulldogs. Uh, my more of a pipe bomb, the Port Adelaide Power <laughs> over the Geelong Cats. But hey, this is one of those tips where, you know what? If this doesn't happen, I don't seem it's an all or nothing. I don't think I don't seem that stupid because there's a decent argument argument you can make, especially with the, the old GMHBA one. But if I get this right, Donnie, oh, I'm gonna feel like a genius, even though I I I really am not. Uh, don't give me too much credit. And this is one where I'm glad we're we're trading um big picks because the, our tipping competition is super tight especially with all of us going six and three last round um mm-hmm. no ground gained or lost so this is one where if either of us get him right we're the same if either of us get them wrong we're, we're still the same so you know or at least we have the chance to be at least well, the, the biggest question will be is how 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 brad tips it since brad's still yes. leading by four games over you six games over me Bradley, so there, there's there's still there's still that thing but yeah i thought it was funny last week all four of the contenders in this little tipping comp that we have all went six and three because you and Brad got you and Brad got the first one right with the Western Bulldogs beating Collingwood. Yeah, but you guys both tipped Carlton, where yep. Zach and I both tipped GWS. <laughs> so the two we both missed two with Fremantle and with Geelong, and we both missed one when it comes to our, our off ball one. So we all went six and three last week. So it maintains a four game lead for Brad. Um, six with six game lead over me and 11 game lead over Zach. So, but before we end the episode really quickly, a little bit of self-promotion here. And I don't normally like doing this, but for those of you, I I will show, I will show my hat this week. This is a, this is a crazy week of footy for you, for yours truly here. Um, um, uh, this weekend is our annual 8035 tournament here in Des Moines, where the roosters will be hosting a lot of teams from, the central part of the country with Denver, Maybe. with Corn Tulsa, Roos. with Kansas City, with with uh, Chicago and Madison coming all the way, including two women's team, the Centennial Tigers and the women's team from Minnesota also will be here too. So Where's there will Centennial be women's from? games. Awesome. This is I, a fun tournament stupid. for us. This is what say that again. Where's Centennial from? I'm I'm uh, Denver. They're, they're a Denver. They're a, they're a Denver. Um, well. Here, here's a, a little bit of inside USAFL yes. knowledge. Basically, some women that were former Western, former Denver Bulldogs, split off and and kind of started their own club. Which I, I've got I've got people on both sides of that particular um, heated discussion. So I would say <laughs> you won't go any further than that. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of drama in that, so I won't go any further Fair into enough. it. But let's just safe to enough. say that it was not. The, there were not genteel feelings when it came to how this kind of whole thing went down. So mm. Centennial is a, is a basically a all women's club in Denver that, uh, that kind of gotcha. were some girls that separated off from the, the Denver Bulldogs women's team. 
and they're coming and they're going to play at least a game against the Minnesota, against the Minnesota freeze women's team. And I think they're going to try to get a women's all comers game a little bit later in the day to get some, any other women that might potentially come out. So this is a fun tournament. If you want to keep an eye on the tournament results, please go to the Des Moines Roosters Twitter account at DM Footy Roosters. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I cannot remember uh, the own Twitter account. Oh boy, I know I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> slacking big time. I know, but so yeah, I'll, DM I'll Roosters, give you a pass. Yeah, DM Roosters, DM Roosters Footy on on Twitter. I'm I, I run the account and I'm going to try to be sure that that account is up to date on how things are going both for the roosters and for the tournament and in it as itself the roosters for the first we're trying to win our home tournament for the first time in the history we're, i think we've got a decent chance this year Let's i think we, we've been under we've been undermanned at least for our numbers but i think a tennis side tournament really lets some of our talent that we do have come out so i think it's going to be a fascinating fascinating tournament and then Going off the podcast, there will be another Donnie's Disposals hopefully coming out very soon. We'll have to talk with Ross about this. I have a very, very oh, special guest. Don't worry. Guest. It's coming out ASAP because I, this there, is I huge. have a very, very special guest. My first ever AFLW player, he's retired, is a two-time premiership player. I'm not going to say the name, but for those who are listening, a two-time premiership player is going to be having a chat with yours truly. Hopefully we will get this out before the weekend. I'm not going to say a name. I'm going to let you think about it in the comment section. Why don't you put down who you think is going to be on the podcast. I cannot wait. I will tease it. it. I will also tease it out tomorrow on Twitter and see if anybody bites. And then I will discuss with him. And then put that out very soon. I cannot wait. This is going to be a fun round of footy. And then I'm also potentially sounds like going to be on the Blue Abroad podcast with, uh, with show, Terry Degani, who was my my Carlton Aussie Rules supporter, previewing the Carlton Sydney game for him because we had so much fun chatting. We thought we'd talk again when our two clubs decided to lock corns. So a fun footy pad footy week for yours truly here so i I will i will stop with the self-promotion no keep promoting because you don't do enough because you put out just (laughs) nothing uh, uh, nothing but amazing content especially another one want to shout for dining as well his recent dining disposal coming out last week with um footy journalist sarah burt that was a fun one as well so please if you haven't had the opportunity yet go ahead and check that one out you're only doing yourself a favor of course after listening to this one, which, which if you, I mean, if you're going to listen to it, you're pretty much done with this one anyway. So it doesn't really, <laughs> yeah, right now, go watch it. Uh, do yourself a favor, but thank you guys so much for tuning in um, to our round nine breakdown. Um, let us know your thoughts. Are you worried with Sydney's performance? What we think about the Dusty Martin news that we're going to have to take it with a mountain of salt and is the media overreacting to everything that has ever happened? Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, <laughs> but make sure you can check us out spotify apple Podcasts, youtube rumble twitch go ahead subscribe and follow us uh, we're also on social medias on instagram and twitter at fourth and long media or you can find everything over at the fourth or all your footy stuff specifically the fourth and forward slash afl you can find donnie at coach hess 40 over on instagram and twitter as well but with that being said your thoughts your thoughts on the Victorian media in one word or phrase. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you set me up so bad, <laughs> sir. You, you gave me a sledge like no other. Um, 
entertaining. I think they're entertaining okay. because there, there are times that I don't think they realize that they, they are sometimes leaning towards their home, towards their, their, their hometown clubs a little bit as much. But the one thing I got to give though, is that as much as they profusely talk about them, they viciously destroy them at times. And, and it's kind of, it's very fascinating how, they will turn they will turn like a pit of vipers on each other and, it, and it's, it's almost so kind of fascinating to watch to, just to listen to how vicious they have been on essendon and everything that's kind of happened with them over these last couple of days since oh. the, since their game against sydney has been interesting because I, again i know many bombers fans many of the bombers fans that i know i've told them i said i'm I'm not one to revel in teams um, misery. I'm not, I've never have been not even in my sports over here. Uh, am I, am I somebody that like that? So I try to be as positive as I can with people. So I'm not one of those, I'm not going to rub it in people's faces. So it's not in my nature. So I, I try to be as respectful and try to be as understanding because I know what it's like to be, to, to cheer for a team that's not playing well. I mean, that's happens. all I know. So. <laughs> And I'm not talking just footy. I'm talking sport overall in general. That's all I know. <laughs> Once again, Donnie. We know, we know the pain, sir. We both know the pain. <laughs> uh, on that very painful note, ladies and gentlemen, hope you have a great week, a great round of footy, and we will see you after we continue to realize that we'll never have an afternoon grand final again. Have fun with those thoughts. Ah. <sighs>